0: Welcome back to Pastor Plex Podcast recording live from Austin, Texas. I'm Pastor Plex, and with me in studio today is the one and only Pastor Joseph Aiken the Third. And we got a no- new camera going on right here. This is pretty yeah, exciting. this is just
1: for social media. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm post pretty... some of your your highlights. From Man, that, this is exciting.
0: You know, uh, we, you know the, the thing I love about
1: you, Joseph, is that you're always bringing
0: innovation into <laughs> our church. I don't know what we do without you. Well, anyway, welcome back. Glad to be back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, one of the things I want to talk about just that's newsworthy um, is the Buffalo shooting. So I, I I'm a, you know, this is probably bad to assume because I've been off social, not been off. Like I don't believe in social media or something, but um, I was on vacation this past weekend. So I wasn't totally in tune what was going on in the world. Uh, but there was a shooting in Buffalo and it was a white supremacist i guess uh white guy uh mm-hmm. who had been i mean just messed up in the head and was went to a he's like from two hundred miles away two hundred
1: miles away from his home uh, did some reconnaissance the day before yeah
0: and yeah i i the i don't necessarily think of maybe buffalo was the closest big city to him i guess i don't know like what made him choose buffalo i don't i would fascinated to know that and just like what is wrong like what goes into your head when you're thinking like that anyway Mm -hmm. so he he goes to buffalo the day before does a recon uh finds a uh a supermarket in a predominantly black area Uh, i guess it was a tom's no was it Tom's no, it was a tops, tops, it was a tops Friendly uh, market, tops food market. And so he he goes there, takes out a couple people in the parking lot. He's got literally, uh, I'm assuming it's like kill the n word on his like uh rifle, the butt of his rifle, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And you're just sitting there going, This guy is completely jacked up, and he is going to, well, no, he did kill, he killed. I guess three in the parking lot, another seven inside a 10,
1: 10 killed, three injured. Yeah. I believe.
0: Uh, or maybe it was, was it more than that. I feel like it was more than that. It was like, uh, gosh, it, anyway, it was awful. Right. So just, uh, yeah, 10, no, you're right. 10 people were dead, three wounded and, uh, just a horrific experience. And this guy is, um, uh, that he that he had posted stuff about um you know essentially i guess black people are taking over the world and and he's gonna get removed and a whole lot of fear really had set into his heart and he had he felt like he needed to um i don't know this is where this is why when people get that jacked up and when uh political discourse becomes violent That's the dark place. Anyway, so one of the things that I I thought was interesting um, was a a friend of mine, one of my Facebook friends posted this, um, Buffalo shooting pleads for our pro-life white evangelical friends to say something meaningful on our behalf. Please, please. And I I, I appreciate that uh, request um, because I'm a pro-life, I guess I'm exactly that. I'm a pro-life white evangelical. Uh, and so I do feel like that is necessary for me to say like, that is absolutely horrific. That, that is one, it's murder, uh, which is one in of itself bad, but two, there's this real fear, um, that I I can't even get into the head of it. That's why it's so hard for me to really, but it's just such a dark, evil thing to look at somebody else and say, um, they are bad. I must be the one that is good. And so therefore I'm going to stamp them out. So it's, do
1: you think Chris, that that he was reacting out of fear, more out of fear? Cause you had said earlier, yeah, I thought out well, of fear or hate or hate,
0: like, fear. I guess fear drives the hate. And or, what do you,
1: what do you think someone like, I mean, I guess it's hard. I, I guess, if, 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 and, yeah, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. But let's just go this way. If, if, if he was, uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe if he was a really wealthy, you know, individual that has many employees, he might say something derogatory in the locker room. But if he is a person that just feels like he, he I always call it the, the victim mentality when he looks around the world and says, if it wasn't for those people, then I would be okay. And he's like, Oh, I'm going to go do something about those people. I feel like his his world probably was jacked up in other ways and he needed some place to blame. And he go and he took a, a narrative that I guess felt right for him that if if all these black people weren't around, I'd finally be okay. And I think that is a weird, 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 wicked, uh, evil way to go. Mm-hmm. And I, clearly not Christian. Clearly not what what God would call someone to do. But just sick. Uh, anyway, so I I, I appreciate. Um,
1: so what should be the church's response when we? Something like we're way down here, Texas. Yeah. Like, how do we respond to that? Because I mean, I it's like I see this, and I, man, it sucks. Yeah. Like, does that mean now I I carry guns now everywhere I go because I have to worry? Is that how (laughs) people should respond? Because I've talked to people since then, and their response is, "Man, I'm about to keep my gun on me all the time."
0: Okay, this is this helpful because I this is why I don't know what. Yeah. So. Cause I don't, I think of Buffalo, I've been to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, I've preached in Buffalo. Yeah. I've been to Niagara Falls. If you didn't know where Niagara Falls was, it's Buffalo. Um, yeah. I've preached in Buffalo. In fact, I was in, uh, gosh, I went with Buffalo not that long ago and uh, preached there. Loved it. It was an incredible experience, but never once was I thinking this would be the center or the, uh, oh, this is probably where some racial hostility would go down. Mm-hmm. I just never thought of that. Ever, uh, so but, so. Then on the flip side, I would never think that Austin, Texas, would be that. Uh, but I guess probably Austin, Texas, would be more so than maybe Buffalo. I, in my opinion, that's where I would go with that. So, I, 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 so that just that is just strikingly weird. The second thing you just brought up is, I, I love the way you put it. Uh, if you didn't know that Joseph is not white, he is black. And so you you just said that you had friends that mm-hmm. said, "I need to go." Um, What's the right word for that? I need to carry. I need to. I need to be able to protect myself. I'm. I need to walk armed, right? And I, and I think usually that's what. Um, just your typical white. Uh, I don't want to. Oh man, it's going too stereotypical. But in general, your Second Amendment gun loving uh, Texan would say, "No, I I keep my weapon on me because there's a threat all everywhere." Yeah. Uh, and so, and uh, good people with guns put down bad people with guns. And and maybe that that's sort of like the mm-hmm. the mindset uh, and <laughs> Texans everywhere would probably be saying well Texans Texans I know would say well if if a lot more people in Buffalo were armed that guy would have been taken out in like two seconds so that's now we're in, now, now we're in a Second Amendment issue I don't want to go, go that direction <laughs> but it, but it is an interesting sort of thought that that is. Even though something happened in Buffalo, mm-hmm. it's affecting you here yeah. or people here yeah. Yeah. with saying I need to be armed.
1: Yeah, and and to me, like you said, the threats always gonna be around. Just when you see stuff like this, people are reminded that, oh, there's people out there that may not like me because of the color of my skin. Mm-hmm. And so now I what I, my response to what happened, you know, a couple however many thousands of miles away is now nah, I need to be strapped. You know, mm-hmm. that that's that's someone's response. Yeah. And I'm not, not saying that it, man yeah it, it's hard and so I don't know that it just makes you think man I'm, I've am i been slacking it's kind of like when I think about you know SROs or the cops in the schools
0: uh, school resource officers yes
1: and how their job is isn't kind of being on the streets and doing all that kind of stuff and so when stuff in school happens it's like man are we equipped to handle something because we're not nat- like we're not going through the training or it's not constantly facing adversity and so but as soon as we see this in the country, things like this happen. It's like, man, oh, I need to be ready. Yeah, because it can always, you know.
0: Well, I, to be honest, I didn't think. I this is the last. So, if if you've been following, if anyone's listening, been following the news of late, it's been um, uh, the uh, the big social media presence has been all about the the Supreme Court and mm-hmm. the um, abortion and. That whole thing. So I was think, you know, I was like, you know, I, I, you know, like with church, I was like, you know, this would probably be a time when somebody might try something at a church, uh, thinking it would be a like an a, a, a pro abortion person coming to take out a, you know, we're a clearly a pro life, for, for, for advancing life. That that's what was my only thought. But to have a a white supremacist person go and kill somebody, uh, kill somebody, kill ten people indiscriminately just because there is like this fear or hatred that you people have taken something from me and uh and i'm gonna make it right It's just bizarre to me but what it does i think what does need to be said is that there is and this is where people get angry at me you know on the conservative side is when i said there's still a racial issue in our country and i mean and and not that i feel like this shooting sort of points that and we can say like well there shouldn't be i i get it i agree there should not be i agree that we have laws set up that should instill equal um the equality of the view of the dignity of human beings but clearly
1: Mm -hmm.
0: uh, there are still people who and not just I don't. This is where I I don't know numbers. This is where I don't want to get into the numbers game. But there's still enough people to to at least propagate propaganda that would make somebody go, "Yeah, I got the my my team's behind me. I'm going into this thing, and I'm going to make sure those people don't ever they don't get on top again. Whatever whatever that looks like. Uh, And so clearly, there's still racial um, tension. Is that uh, there's still a racial tension in our country that I feel like the church is is equipped to, or at least should be equipped to respond to, um, and I think part of that is condemning anything like this, which any violence. If um, if someone did that to an abortion facility, I would be like, "You're an idiot." Um, but uh, yeah,
1: that's that's the struggle that I'm that I'm having uh, with all of this. And so, how do we prepare? Not necessarily prepare. How do we Kind of not just respond to this, mm. but as a church, lead out, lead out, and say, "This is wrong. Nothing about this was right. We're not condoning it at all by any means. Is but, and our response to this is more than prayer. Like, what's an actional item that is there? Even one is it just like, man, well, we pray and then we kind of move forward, or yeah, or, I, I think
0: it goes back to being intentional. Uh, I, I mean, how do you feat, def, How do you defeat? Uh, I guess you know how do you defeat evil? That that may, that sounds like that's way too broad of question. How do you allow people of different races to view each other with dignity and respect? And I think the way that you do that is by in being intentional with having conversations. Yeah. Um, and that's hard to do for people. I, I, I and listen, I, this is not like a condemn a condemnation thing. If, um, if you don't have friends that are, that are different than you but there is an intentionality that yeah. you're going to watch if if you want to see if you want the church to take lead how about this? if the church is to take lead on being the healing balm of this it requires conversations like this with 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 you and me it requires i think that, and that that seems like it's kind of like how do you reach the world for Christ well you reach your next-door neighbor okay well how do you heal racial tension or division well, you you reach the ones that you're close to, and I I think that that uh, has always been on my heart that ever since, and this is now I'm going back into a theological perspective, but in Philippians two, it says the dividing wall of his hostility was taken down, mm-hmm. and what that meant was dividing wall between two different cultures, Jew Gentile, two different races, two di- two different peoples, and they were to be one. And I think that there is a real uh, proximity issue going on that we need to address as as Christians to help heal um, what has been really ripped apart. And, I, and I, yeah, I don't know. This is where I, I, I think this is the part where... You know what is the answer? I I think it it, it that has to be part of
1: it. I don't oh, know definitely. if it's all of it. I mean, definitely part of it. One of the things you talked about in there is the proximity aspect. You talked about you talked about being intentional mm-hmm. about it, and and oftentimes things that are uncomfortable. We we want comfort and convenience, mm-hmm. and going across the line isn't comfortable and it's inconvenient. And, and there was nothing I was, th- my devotional time, quiet time this morning, I was praying through and just writing some things down. And, and I feel like God has called, He's called us to be, we can't grow without being stretched. Right. I, like mm-hmm. I hate stretching. Like I hate it. It's not fun at all. I complain about being sore and I know the remedy to that is to stretch more, you know, taking care of my body, work on mobility and all those different things, but I don't want to do that. That's not fun. Yeah, I just, wanna, I don't want to work on my mobility. Yeah. I just want to sure. push up some heavy weight, look, look like I'm strong. Or, yeah, or something, better. yeah, way better. And <laughs> I I feel like it, the the things that are easy, the hey, I can serve this way in this capacity, and I don't have to be inconvenienced by anything because it's okay. Like, no, what does it look like to cross those cultural barriers, those uh, racial barriers, and say, hey, I want to learn more about your culture. And so, what do I need to do? And for the lay Christian who you're like I don't work at a church so I don't have the free time well what does that look like how, how does that become like something that we do nat like it's naturally okay for us to inconvenience ourselves for our brother to the point to it becomes just what we do right it's like hey I can visit a predominantly black church or hey to my black friend I just want to invite you over and have conversations and then learn more about you and then I go to your house or I hang out with your family and I learn a part of who you are and what makes you tick and stuff because it's, it's one thing t- for us to say man it's on my heart to to do this and it's another thing for it to be in our hands meaning we're actually doing it and so I don't know I, 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 I see this and I I mean it's sad I mean I see it like oh man I, I hate So this.
0: I mean the, the feelings that you have for me I think my feelings when I when I read about this initially was oh crud here we go again mm-hmm. another idiot doing something dumb and I don't have I don't know I, I don't What's the right word for that? I don't. It. I'm not sitting there thinking I need to go get strapped. Yeah. But, uh, so tell me how it makes you feel as a black pastor at a predominantly white church uh, to to experience that. What is, is there anything that you're sort of like? I don't know. Hoping for is that even a right word? I, I, like like f- from personages.
1: personally, messages, personally. Uh, personally, for me, I don't necessarily say, man, I need to. Uh, carry a gun everywhere I go right. no more than I did before like this <laughs> doesn't make me say right not this for me personally yeah, I know yeah. for others that I've talked to for them they're like yeah I'm sorry I'm just carrying wherever I go I'm like there's bad stuff and something that happened all that far away shouldn't be your response but right. okay so for me it just meant means I I personally I was like man I can't I get excited in the sense of not about that of course but it's like man I love what we're doing here and, and what God has called me to in crossing over where it's like i'm 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 here on purpose, yeah, I'm supposed to be here, I'm here to help mend those 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 mm-hmm. walls and help knock down walls in people's lives that they didn't even know they had up no doubt. Uh, where it's like, no, I'm good. Yeah, I, I, I don't have any walls up. And then you learn and, and you put something in someone's face where it's like, no, look at your habits. Because your habits, and this is one of the things that James said this past Sunday, your your habits should reflect your values. Mm. And so if you value that cultural crossing over and you value loving your neighbor, even neighbors that don't look like you, then, then your habits should reflect that. Right. And it's like, man, God, if, are my habits reflecting that I value you and the word and how I'm called to cross over? In all that I do. Am I centering you in my life so much so that now I'm walking down this road and I'm okay with being inconvenienced? And I'm okay with inconveniencing because we, I mean, the things, and it's one of the things God told me this morning. It's easy to inconvenience ourselves for our kids. Why? Right. Because we they're the object of our affection. We love them. And so me staying up all night because my baby's crying or because I have another kid sick, I am like I don't want to do it, but I'm okay with that this inconvenience. This is
0: huge. You're about to get into something that's just... Slow down on this part because I feel like you're about to drop a bomb on us. keep going
1: <laughs> and so, but when it comes to when it comes to our faith, yeah, and how much we say we value our faith, our faith and our relationship with God and what he's called us to do and and all the different things, we're not willing to be inconvenienced for it, and I'm not just talking about. Sunday morning worship and coming to church or serving in children's ministry. In, <laughs> in children's ministry, yeah, we 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 don't want to do it because of the inconvenience. But even on the bigger scale, when it when we're called to reach people with this life changing reality of Jesus Christ to the go therefore and, and and make disciples, when we're called to do those things, and we're like, ah, but not today because I have to work, right? And so I I just for me that was me this morning. I was praying like God, I want to I, I want to be okay with inconveniencing myself for you so much so that. That is, people understand that I value my love for Christ. I value my love for what he's called me to do. I value my love. And it's not because I'm a pastor full-time, because if I have to go work another job full-time, I'm going to still do this, because I value that relationship with God. I, we were called to do so much more, but because of the inconvenience that following Christ has, there was nothing convenient about the cross. And therefore, there's things that we're supposed to be doing that inconvenience us for his namesake. Mm-hmm. So... That's just my I miss so much more. That's kind of with me. I was like, I have to be willing to be inconvenienced for the cross and being okay with that. Yeah. Uh
0: what yeah, I I feel like we I get into a solutions mindset with Mm -hmm. this of like what's and I and I think part of the the answer is to sit in the uncomfort and to sit in the lamentation of, Hey guys, something really bad happened and it's sad. Yeah. And uh I think weeping with those who weep, uh, but having conversations like this, um, I think are important. And, and this is why I want to challenge, any, you know, anybody listening, watching, you know, Texas 737 231 or go to pastorpleck.com and you can leave your question sure. there. Would love to really engage this because this is something that I don't think it, I, I can only imagine that after this, there's going to be either a copycat or maybe a, a counter attack or a counter riot, or there's going to be something that everyone's going to say, see, and then they're going to point to a generalization and, and like, it's going to go into another, Flurry, and I think if if we don't lead out in what it means to have a relationship beyond what's comfortable, yeah, then who is? I, I I guess that's I think that the struggle that I have because I, I I you know again as as one who probably leans probably way more conservative than most is that the the part that I run up against conservative people and they, they, this part we don't agree is like even if you had the most conservative values, let's just say you're like pro gun, pro Jesus, pro life wouldn't you want to have a relationship with people that are different than you to impact them with whatever your message was? As me, as a Christian, I want to impact them with Jesus. I want them to know that they came from death, that that Jesus died on the cross for their sins, rose from the dead. Now, I'm not really concerned about all the other political ideology stuff changing, but I do, I am really concerned about the mission that God has given me. But even if you have, if you're just a a person that has like sort of a, maybe a conservative leaning, wouldn't you want to have cross-cultural friends to influence them towards your point of view? And it's going to take a lot of work or would you rather insulate yourself with everyone who thinks like you and have really no greater impact on the culture at large other than to, uh, circle the wagons and weapons out. So you're in a big defensive posture. I I, I guess that that's Mm. the, that's the difference. You know, I kind of think militarily, why wouldn't you want to be a special forces and, uh, a A team that sort of goes in, uh, reaches people with your message and wins the hearts and minds. Or do you want to go line up a big line, say my team over here, your team over there, and we're just going to fight each other. I, I think that's what ends up happening in our culture wars as it is right now. And I'm just like, it just isn't effective. But if we can get to know people where, where there are, um, maybe proclaim the message that we have of me again, Jesus, but even if your message was whatever it is, wouldn't you want to influence those who disagree and do it in a way that makes you, makes your message look good and makes your like heart be seen as opposed to come off as sort of a jerk. Anyway, maybe I'm, I'm preaching to the choir on that a little bit, but I do feel like that is a, a we have this tendency to sort of create lines, point our weapons toward the enemy, verbal, verbal barbs and verbal, Shots fired, and we don't actually have a conversation with someone that's different. Yeah, that's good. So, anyway, well, uh, that is our special edition, uh, Pastor Plex podcast. So, thank you guys so much for joining us. If you have any questions, please send it our way. We'll put the put a way to get a hold of us in the show notes. And looking forward to seeing you next time. Have an awesome week of worship.